Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class every Wednesday night, and uh, it is posted at 6.30 every Wednesday evening, the same time as our Bible class on Wednesday evenings in our building. Now, if you're in the Omaha area, we encourage you to come and be with us in person every Wednesday night at 6.30. And we and, and, and also on Sunday mornings at 9.30 for Sunday morning Bible class and 10.30 for worship. You're always welcome to any and all of these services. But for those who are not able to be in the building or for those, and also for those who are listening in other parts of the country and literally around the world, we're thankful that we have the opportunity and the ability and the means to be able to podcast a Bible study every Wednesday evening, every Sunday morning, and all of our sermons are podcast as well. So that helps people be able to get God's word, to get the teaching, to learn, to grow in their faith on a regular basis through the medium of the internet and how blessed we are to have this technology. Not very many years ago, this was not available and now it is and it just enables us to teach on so much, so much easier on such a more widespread basis and we thank God for that and we give him the glory. Now we encourage you to share these studies with everybody you can. You know people in your life who need to change their life. They need to get into the Bible they need to think about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. They need to grow in their faith. And since faith comes by hearing the word of God, then Romans 10 and verse 17, then you can help them along that line potentially by sharing these studies, these Bible studies with them every time you have the opportunity. So share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with literally everybody you can. And we also encourage you to encourage them and if you have not done so yourself, we encourage you to take advantage of this opportunity to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to our podcast button, click on that, and sign up for our podcasting. We keep emphasizing it is free. It always will be free. We're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. When somebody signs up for our podcasting, they will automatically receive to their smart device, whether it's their cell phone or computer or laptop or tablet or pad or whatever it might be, they will automatically receive our Wednesday night Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class, all of our sermons, and they will receive our weekly, I should not say weekly, I should say five days a week radio program, Search the Scriptures, and we do a short about a 13-minute Bible class every day, seven days a week, called Today's Bible Class. All of that will automatically go to their smart device. And again, it will always be free. We want to help people get to heaven. We want to help you get to heaven. We want to help you by getting you into God's Word and giving you good, sound teaching from His Word. Now, while somebody is at our website, they can also download and they can listen to, and now our sermons are being posted in video format as well as audio, so they can listen and watch hundreds of sermons. Now, not hundreds yet in audio, but a great many are, are there in audio, but they, there are literally hundreds of sermons that are available that people can download and listen to. They can also access 
download and read and study through literally hundreds of articles that are scripturally based and spiritually focused. All of this can help a person grow in their faith and walk with God in faithfulness. And again, it's all free. So take advantage of this and encourage everybody you can to do so. You may help somebody ultimately get to heaven. That'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So give people this information and start sharing today. Now, if you're able to be with us at the church building at Sunny Slope Church of Christ, it's located at 3606 North 108th Street. 3606 North 108th Street in Omaha. And again, Bible classes on Sunday morning at 9.30, followed by worship at 10.30, and midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 6.30. We hope to see you soon. We're going to get back into our study from 1 Peter. We've been looking at 1 Peter for quite a while. Really rich book from God's Word, the first of two letters penned by the Apostle Peter by inspiration from God and guided to do this writing so that he gets it right by the Holy Spirit. And Peter even points that out himself uh, as, as he writes these two letters, uh, telling us that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In other words, they were guided by God through the Holy Spirit to get it right to write God's very word. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. And this really blends very well and, and kind of complements what the Apostle Paul wrote in 2, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 when he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Or more literally from the Greek, all scripture is God-breathed. In other words, again, God's very word. So, Peter simply gives us greater insight as to how God guided those inspired writers to write God's very word. They were guided through the Holy Spirit. We're going to come back to chapter 5 in 1 Peter. We spent quite a bit of time on the first four verses looking in detail at the principle or the concept, or we might say simply the doctrinal teaching from God that he wants congregations of the Lord's church, every single autonomous congregation, to be led by spiritual leaders within those congregations designated as elders. So we looked at the three different words that are translated from the Greek into the English, all referring to the same basic position. And those are elder, as it's translated, and bishop, and overseer. Now, another one is shepherd. And so the elders, indicating their age of maturity, somewhat chronological age, but probably more so the age in maturity, spiritual maturity, Christian maturity, and then the idea of the bishop being the overseer, and then the shepherd being he's watching over the flock. So elder, bishop, or overseer, and then shepherd. Shepherd watching over the flock, and the imagery there is of a shepherd, a literal shepherd among a flock of sheep, 
taking care of them, watching over them, guiding them, protecting them, and leading them. And that image would have been very rich for the people of that day when the church was established upon this earth in that part of the world almost 2,000 years ago. Now verse 4, and again, every congregation is supposed to be autonomous, that is self-governing or self-leading. Now, who is the head of every congregation? Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, and Colossians chapter, uh, chapter 1 and verse 18. So Jesus is the only head of the church. There is no other. And it is unscriptural for some church to come along and say, I think we need to appoint a, a head of the church from some member of this congregation or church, whatever it is. In other words, a human being to be the head of the church. No, that's, that's unscriptural. Jesus is the only head. Now, where, are the head, where is the headquarters of the church? Heaven itself. No place on this earth. So God guided Peter to write about elders, and this is not the only place. The Apostle Paul wrote about elders being appointed to every congregation as well. 1 Timothy chapter 3, Titus chapter 1. We read about elders being appointed in the first missionary journey of Paul and Barnabas in, uh, in, 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 in the book of Acts as well. And, and so elders are to be those leaders, those spiritual leaders within each individual congregation. No elders are to oversee any other congregation than that one in which they are members themselves. Every congregation, again, autonomous, self-governing. Verse 4, I want us to pay a little attention to that verse this time. And this, this, this says, and when the chief shepherd appears, now this is, Paul is addressing elders here, when the chief shepherd appears, and Remember again, back in verse 2, Peter said, referring to elders, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Now, Peter, in addressing the elders, he uses all three terms in verses 1 and 2. Elders who are among you, I exhort, who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed, shepherd the flock. So elders, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers or bishops, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So these are instructions, specific instructions Peter gives to elders within the Lord's church, within any individual congregation in which there are elders as the leaders within that congregation. And then in verse 4, he pronounces a blessing upon them if they will serve in this capacity in good, spiritual, and scriptural and responsible ways. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Well, who's that chief shepherd? None other than Jesus Christ. When we look at Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 11, we read in, by way of prophecy 
of Christ being that chief shepherd. In verse 11 of Isaiah 40, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. What wonderful imagery that is. Just wonderful imagery. And then when we look in Isaiah chapter 53, one of the great prophetic, uh, messianic prophetic chapters in the entire Bible, here we read again in verse 5, he, speaking of Christ, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And all we, like sheep, have gone astray. Well, there again is the image of Jesus, the Savior, the coming Messiah, from the day in which these, these prophecies were written, coming as the chief shepherd of the flock, which would be those who would come to him as his followers, faithful and obedient followers, and that identity would be known as Christians, disciples of Christ. In John chapter 11, in verse 10, we read further. John 11, I'm, I'm sorry, John 10 in verse 11, and Jesus speaking here, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Well, that's parallel. He's speaking in fulfillment of what we read in Isaiah chapter 53 and verses 5 and 6. And then we look a little further in the New Testament scriptures. We look at Hebrews chapter 13, and we want to read verse 20 there. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 20. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. We are the sheep if we are true followers of Jesus, if we are true New Testament Christians, he is the good shepherd, our shepherd. Now we look a little bit earlier in 1 Peter chapter 2, this time in verse 25. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. And that is none other than Jesus Christ. And so Peter is addressing the elders within the Lord's church, within whatever congregation in which they have been appointed as elders, and gave them principles, instructions as to how to conduct themselves as godly elders. And then he has laid out the promise that if they will live and live up to their responsibility and conduct themselves as godly elders within their individual congregations, then when Jesus Christ, the chief shepherd, comes, he will, they will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. So part of their responsibility as Christian men within those congregations is that they serve in their position as elder, bishop, shepherd, in godly ways, in responsible and obedient ways, on a consistent basis. Well, let's move a little bit further into 1 Peter chapter 5. And I spent a good time, especially on those first four verses, because 
it is so important for us to understand that God's plan for leadership within the Lord's church is elders. Elders to oversee and lead and shepherd each individual congregation. And as I emphasized earlier in this study, whenever a congregation decides, well, they don't yet have men within that congregation who are qualified to serve as elders, then they have to come up with some extra-biblical plan of leadership. Now, I did not say unscriptural, that is, ungodly plan. I said extra-biblical. Because the only biblical plan, as laid out in the New Testament, is for elders. And each congregation needs to diligently prepare men within that congregation to become elders within that congregation. Remember that when Paul wrote to Titus in Titus chapter 1, he told Titus to set in order the things which were lacking in every congregation on the Isle of Crete. And the one thing that he specified that was lacking was he said, appoint elders in every city or in every congregation. Very, very important instruction from God's word. Very, very important position of leadership within each congregation of the Lord's church. And so when a congregation does not have elders, then that congregation is handicapped to some extent in the area of leadership. And we need to recognize that, respect it, and again, work diligently to train men to become qualified and also to desire to take that position of leadership within their congregation, that leadership being elders. In verse 5, Peter goes on and he says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Now, we could possibly take this instruction from two perspectives. He's been talking about elders within the congregation as leaders within the congregation. And so he can, we could say, okay, the younger people, the younger members of the congregation, each congregation of the Lord's church, they need to submit to their elders, that is the leaders within that congregation, they need to be submissive also to one another, and they need to be humble, clothed with humility. Wonderful image there. And then the reason behind that, their, their humility, they're needing to be clothed with humility because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Well, a second perspective is that the younger people within the congregation need to respect and submit themselves to the older members of the congregation. They need to give them the proper respect. They certainly need to respect the elders within their own physical families, and that would be their parents, their grandparents, and so on. And so we can see two different perspectives there 
in which or from which we can get an understanding of an application, a, a good application of that particular of that particular instruction from the Apostle Peter. Now, we also need to understand that we have a responsibility as Christians, as members of the Lord's Church, as members of the Lord's Church in a particular congregation, whatever congregation in which we are members, that we need to be submissive to our elders, that is, the leaders within that congregation that we studied for two or three different times together in the first listed in the first or dealt with in the first four verses of 1 Peter chapter 5. The Hebrews writer wrote this in Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. And so here we're instructed again for the younger members within a congregation, and that, that's not talking about just the kids within the congregation, talking about those who are younger. Younger than whom? Well, we might say teens, young adults, but also we could say those who are maybe beyond the ages of young adults, but they're still you know, lower in age, chronological age, than some of the older members of the congregation, and particularly younger than those who have been appointed as elders or leaders within that congregation. We are to be submissive to the elders. We are to recognize that God holds them responsible to watch out for our souls. And so we need to respect them in that position of leadership but even more, we need to respect that this is God's will. He is the one who designed the church on an individual congregational basis to be led by elders from within that congregation. And so it is God's instruction that we respect those elders who are overseeing us, who are to be the spiritual leaders within our respective congregation, and that we're to be submissive to them. Now, someone might say, well, those who have rule over you, that could be people of different positions. No, no, because these, the Hebrews writer says, as those who must give account, they watch over our souls. So they're not, they're not some kind of civil authority. These are elders within the congregation who are being held accountable for watching out for our souls, our souls. And we need to respect them in that position. We need to, well, honor them, and we need to support them openly. Well, we come back to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we look here at uh, verse 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Now, again, what about that last part of verse 5? Yes, all of you be submissive to one another. We need to respect each other on a general basis as fellow members of the church or as fellow Christians, as spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ. Be clothed with humility, he says. Now, that word really throws a lot of people there because they think the idea of humility 
is one of humiliation, and the two are not the same. Humility is simple, a humble mindset, attitude, and demeanor. Remember that Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. In Matthew chapter 5, part of the Beatitudes, people think meek means weak. It does not. It does not. It's simply a mindset. It's simply a demeanor, an attitude, and same thing with humility. Humility is not a synonym, as it is instructed here, for humiliation. That happens in the part of somebody else who actively humiliates a person by, in the way in which they treat that person. That's not what Peter is talking about. Humility, a humble attitude, a humble demeanor. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you, that he may exalt you in due time. This particular instruction is repeated a number of times in in the scriptures. In James chapter 4, verse 6, he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. To the humble. In Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18, and again, we can read this basic message over and over through the scriptures. We're not going to read all of those particular texts, but in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18, the wise man wrote this along this line, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better to be of humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. When we come back to James chapter 4, we look at verse 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, what is the point here? What he has just said, God, gives, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We need to come to God in humility, humbling ourselves before him, repenting of our sins, recognizing and openly admitting that we're sinners in need of forgiveness. In verse 10 of James chapter 4, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. He will lift you up. Well, that's basically exactly what Peter said, isn't it? I want to look at one more here, and that's Luke chapter 17 and verse 10. Jesus speaking, So likewise you, when you have done all these things which you are commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Well, isn't that a great attitude? We've simply done what we're supposed to do. We're not going to brag about we've done this in serving God or done that in serving God. We're going to be humble. We simply did what we were supposed to do. We simply tried to live up to our responsibilities as Christians, as serving God, serving God. And then coming back to 1 Peter chapter 6 again, 
Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. We may be able to work things around, manipulate factors such that we're going to get a lot of praise from other people. Well, it's nice to hear praise most of the time, but that's not going to get us to heaven. If we will simply live before God in a humble mindset or with a humble mindset and in a humble spirit, serving him, simply doing what we're supposed to do as Christians in serving God, then he will exalt us in due time. Ultimately, with a home in heaven, with him for all of eternity. But I believe that we can look forward to at different points in our lives, God can exalt us in different ways. Now, that may not mean, probably will not mean, that he's going to put us as the CEO of General Motors <laughs> or some, you know, mega company or, or conglomerate, but he will exalt us in ways that are very meaningful to us and that we can be thankful for. But ultimately, the ultimate exaltation is when he gives us that home in heaven. When the Lord himself says, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joys of the Lord, and we can step across that threshold through the gates of heaven and walk those golden streets with him. We'll pick up with verse 7 next time. A very important lesson for us to learn there. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for blessing us so much. We thank you for giving us the good, orderly way to be the church, to be members of the church on an individual basis, and giving us the instruction as to how the church should be led by your will with elders, but also guiding us to respect the elders and be submissive to them and support them following their lead, as long as that lead is scriptural and godly and according to your will. Help us to also have that humble mindset to simply strive to serve you faithfully, obediently, and consistently, giving you the glory through our lives and letting you exalt us according to your will and in your time. We pray for people everywhere, Father, to come to you through your word, through Jesus Christ, for forgiveness and salvation. May you be glorified in all things. Please forgive us, gracious Father. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.